just so that I've got some time to go in and out. Um, I am going to use the questions that I've got just kind of as a guide. Mm -hmm. Um, But as you talk and share your story, I might throw just some other kind of questions at you. I know you're a really big leader in the SBC just for women. And so I really want to highlight just kind of your story and how you got where you did. Um, And then kind of toward the other end of the episode, the second half is whenever we'll really start talking about the She Loves Out Loud and and just kind of what that's looked like, how you've seen God already move, and then we'll want to highlight how women can still get involved. Perfect. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you have any questions before we get started? No, I'm pretty much ready to go. Um, Just, I'm pretty good at pausing and but at any point, if you want to say, I, I don't know if we have a clock. Do we have a clock here? Uh, no, there's okay. not a clock. So then you'll just say to me <clears throat> as we close, so I'll know. Okay? Yes. Yeah. It gets pretty <clears throat> um, uh, pretty clear. You know, we'll kind of wrap it up. We usually record for about 30 minutes. But the great thing about this podcast is that it'll just go as long as we chat. And so okay. um, there's not really like a standard time, but it's usually around 30 to 35 minutes. So Okay. Jackie, um, hold on. I'm going to get a glass of water because I keep on clearing my throat. Hold on okay. one second. Yeah, take your time. Here we go. I am ready to start. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of At the Table. It's Jackie King, your hostess, and I am so excited that you're joining again this week to hear women and stories about leadership in the SBC. Today, I get to introduce you to a new friend that I've been connected with that I'm sure you've actually probably seen her face and her movement that she has been a part of uh, in trying to rally women across the United States. And so today, I get to introduce you to Diane Strack. Welcome, Diane. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about being with you. Yeah. Where are you recording from today? I am actually in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida at Christ Fellowship Church using their offices here while we're doing some really exciting filming for resources of trafficking survivor. And she's talking about how we can, uh, it's a real interesting story. I don't want to take a lot of time, but six years ago I was sitting on my sofa feeling sorry for myself after a heart surgery and I got a text would I talk to this woman and I said of course I would and uh, we've been sisters in heart ever since and uh, I've watched her go from homelessness into a master's degree and mental health therapist and now she is uh, working on a hundred some cases throughout our state and rescuing women everywhere so on today her and I are sitting down and interviewing with a pastor Uh, wife here on how to create these resources so it's quite exciting that is exciting and so cool that you've gotten to see just the Lord work and move in her story and so um, so cool and what's the weather like in Florida is it nice there oh I don't want to make you feel bad but it's so beautiful that's how Florida is (laughs) it's almost 80 and balmy and lovely and I'm in Palm Beach Gardens so there are lovely palm trees everywhere, and as soon as I finish with you, I'm going to go stick my toes into the beach. So. Okay, yeah, there might be some jealousy <laughs> popping up right now, definitely, especially right now, because it's like a gross overcast, like 30s oh, degree um, in Arkansas today. So I'm yeah, sorry. definitely a little bit jealous of that. <laughs> 
Well, Diane, why don't you tell us a little bit about just you, your story, where did you grow up, and how are you connected to the SBC? And I will just go ahead and put it out there that you were definitely one of our women leaders over the decades. And so really excited to just unpack your story and hear how you got where you did today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Thank you. You know, I grew up in a large Italian family was as a Catholic, and when I did come to know Christ at, at 17, I really didn't know anything about the Bible and certainly had never been to a Southern Baptist church and met my sweetheart at a Bible study. He also had not been in church and knew the Bible. So as we were married and began to ask God, well, what do we do outside of the Jesus movement? We met a Southern Baptist minister uh, just in passing who took an interest in us and began to come to our house every week on a Monday night. We laughingly now say that I got out a can, every week I'd buy a can of fruit cocktail thinking he loved it. He later told us he hated it, but he didn't want to hurt our feelings. <laughs> and so he would sit with us and he taught us about tithing and he gave my husband his first opportunity to share his testimony. And from there we went uh, to Southern Baptist colleges and seminaries and God began to send amazing people into our lives. And our lives were really changed by meeting uh, people like Adrian Rogers and Charles Stanley, mm -hmm. uh, Paige and Dorothy, and those who back in the early days when we were just 20 years old, uh, really walked with us and introduced us into what it meant to uh, be in the Southern Baptist Convention and what an honor it was to be in the Southern Baptist Convention. And people like Joe Beth Young were just such a mentor for me and such a blessing to me as I watched her. And so really, I just owe it all to wonderful women who invited mm -hmm. me in. Mm -hmm. And then through the years, I've become very close with Donna Gaines and Gina Floyd and Janet Hunt and so many wonderful women. Susie Hawkins is a dear, dear friend. Mm -hmm. And I think we've all just kind of been there for each other, not like we see each other all the time, but uh, when I started She Loves Out Loud, this prayer movement, I just picked up the phone and called Susie, Gina, and I think one other person, and I said, hey, this is in my heart. I don't know what to do with it. Will you pray with me? And of course, mm -hmm. they were always there. Uh, Donna jumped in with me. So I think it's building these relationships over the years where we have uh, prayed for one another, encouraged one another, and uh, just done anything we can to be there for each other. It's been just really, really important. Yeah. I mean, that list of women that you just um, listed off are really kind of some of our powerhouse women in the SBC. And so it's pretty cool just to hear y'all's camaraderie, y'all's support of one another. So I'm kind of curious, um, maybe even looking back to you starting out in ministry as young adults, as a young leader, what did that look like? And how did you form those relationships? And um, what are some of the ways that you were able to serve just kind of starting out? Well, we started out, I have to say, at 18 years old, we were married and we were Jesus freak kids. And I had on a long hippie dress and my husband had hair down to his shoulders and we showed up at a church that we were invited to share at out in the country, a little white church with a funeral plot beside it. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> we actually sat there for 30 minutes before anyone would speak to us. We laughingly call it more of the redneck section of town and we were hippies and uh, so, they finally said, I think somebody was supposed to preach today, but I guess they're not showing up. And my husband raised his hand and said, well, here we are. And they just kind of got silent, but said, hey, it's almost over. What can he do? He can't cause too much trouble. 
Well, that little church called us at 19 years old. They baptized us, believe it or not. We hadn't been baptized in the church. They baptized us. They licensed us. They ordained my husband, and they uh, called him to pastor. And so we were privileged to baptize 117 people. We started with uh, something like 15 people, 20 people, and we baptized 117 that year, invited to the Florida Baptist Convention to share our story, and from there, literally, people began to love us and care for us and encourage us and give us opportunities. Uh, and from there, we have uh, pastored, we have gotten, uh, been in evangelism and ministry for many, many decades. And it's just been amazing to see the adventure and the journey. I was talking with a young woman today um, who's in college. And she said, I know what God's calling me to do. I just don't know what it's going to look like. And I said, you know what? You never do know. And that's yeah. the good part yeah. is it's all about the adventure of not knowing, but knowing that he does. Yeah. And so it's it's just been that kind of life. And I think my husband became a vice president of convention at an early age and stayed on for a few years. And we forged, as I said, he and Dr. Young um, served together. And the relationship that came out of that was amazing and still is today still is amazing so I would say we we say sometimes at home the Southern Baptist Convention raised us uh. <laughs> because we came from the Jesus movement knowing nothing and they took us in taught us gave us opportunity and walked alongside us Oh, I love that how cool is that so looking back um, maybe what was really some of those formative or maybe even surprising things as you were stepping into leadership because it was all new um and i mean even just from your story god just exploding with that many baptisms and i mean you you kind of got thrown into the deep end together so what are some of those lessons looking back and starting out that really kind of stood out that helped cement your ministry as you grew and got older you know i'm fortunate to be married to a man who doesn't have ego or look towards having to be noticed and I think mm. that that is really and he's not a person that is constantly asking people for things so I, I think that that was a big part of it uh, was that we came in just hungry and wanting to learn and we didn't come in needing to be appointed in fact we were very surprised when we were you know mm. and we didn't come in and I think when you uh, come in that door and you're ready to say I'm here to serve, I'm here to learn. And when you, you have to kind of admit, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, how to get started. And when you do that, you find people that just come around you. I think one of the things that we see that's kind of sad when you're at these conventions is um, who gets to be with who and who gets to sit at what table and who gets, you know, to do this and to do that. And sometimes I would come away feeling really discouraged after a convention because I'd feel like, you know, I was constantly being judged and not not necessarily that they were, but that was the feeling I was, you know, getting that mm -hmm. my my outfit wasn't good enough or I wasn't prominent enough or I didn't say the right things in those early days. Um, and then you kind of begin to understand as you forge genuine relationships uh, that that is not what people look at. Mm -hmm. And those genuine relationships that you begin to forge are no longer dependent on what you wear or what you have or where you serve, but they just become, because people have known you through the years and they've known your spirit of faithfulness and service, and you begin to have um, relax and you begin to really make relationships and it becomes really fun. 
So I will say that that's, that's kind of an important place to get to. As you walk in, there's thousands and thousands of people. Everyone feels like they're trying to be noticed or somehow be acknowledged. And how do I ever make a friend here in these thousands and thousands of people at the convention? But it happens when you kind of just relax. And mm -hmm. as you know, in serving in your church, it's when you begin to serve other people. That's when relationships happen, when you stop thinking of what I need in terms of a relationship and you think in terms of what other people need for a relationship, mm -hmm. uh, that things change in your own heart and your own life and you can relax and you can begin to enjoy what God has for you, whatever that looks like. I myself have been through, I have 19 stents in my heart, I've been through two open heart surgeries. So for me, I say, you know, what does that look like, Lord? What do you have for me? And all of us have to come to that point where we can enjoy that moment yeah. of saying whatever you have for me. If it's if it's moving 100 miles an hour, which I am right now, or if it's sitting on that sofa and ministering to that one girl who's now changing lives everywhere, you know, whatever it is, uh, I want to grow into it, relax in it, and enjoy the adventure. Yeah. Man, there's so much that I think you shared there, and I appreciate you sharing even just in your vulnerability of those first couple um, conventions because I do think it can get really overwhelming um, and what a big hope of this network is is that we would be able to create avenues to where women are connected to other women mm -hmm. um, because it can feel so daunting and so isolating sometimes in our ministries and so I love that you just were able to open up and say you know that's kind of where I started and it was really intimidating and overwhelming but then seeing people and sharing ministry with them and supporting them um, and like I said, you know, that group of women that you shared have done a lot of ministry together and have seen God move in a lot of different ways. And so it's a good reminder, especially for us younger ones, um, that we're in this together, you know, and that you have to be the one to kind of step out and, um, and support one another and learn from one another and share with one another. And hopefully in a couple decades, we get to be some of those women too that are helping encourage and lift one another up. So I appreciate you sharing that so much. Hello? Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about this new movement that you have got called She Loves Out Loud. Um, I know I have seen it pop up for, geez, when did this thing launch? When did you kind of put it out into the planet? Hey, girl, did I lose you? Yeah, it just completely went dead. Uh, you were so talking weird. and it went out in the middle. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. We can totally pick back up. So <laughs> I am, I think we're going to kind of start talking about the She Loves Out Loud. Okay, so are you great. ready to go in there? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about this new movement that you have started, the She Loves Out Loud. I know I've been seeing it for several months now. Um, so why don't you tell us, when did this thing launch? When did it kind of hit hit the public? Well, I have to say that my mentor, one of my mentors was Bonnet Wright, and which was a huge privilege for me, co-founder of Campus Crusade. And uh, before her death, she called me to her home, as she did to several others, and, and she wanted us to earnestly come together, bring women together in prayer. She said, it's the only hope for our nation. Gather the women to pray, Diane. It's the only hope for our nation. That that uh, whisper just had became louder and louder in me. And one day I sat and I saw the angry women's march 
and saw how angry they were. And I thought, my goodness, we can't let them have the last word. We're not angry. We are earnestly praying for our country, for our children, for the next generation. And we cannot have the last word being angry women. And so I called Susie this one, Gina this one, and I said, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, everybody kind of said with me the same thing. We've got to do something. But no one felt that God was calling them. And so I kept this in my heart, but it would not go away. And finally, last year in January, the call was so strong. I could not sleep at night. I could not stop hearing these words. And interestingly enough, Ronnie Floyd called me and said, Diane, would you speak at the National Day of Prayer? And I said, well, Ronnie, I'm beyond honored, but I have to tell you that I have in my heart for a prayer movement, and I don't want you to feel like I'm promoting mine over yours. He said, no, what I want you to speak on is how to start a prayer movement. And I said, well, amen, I'm there. Thank you for the opportunity. And so he gave me that opportunity to share. Well, that sort of, that video sort of went viral and just went kind of crazy, and people started coming on board. So I called five women, Donna Gaines was one, Sheila Walsh was one, and said, meet me in Washington, D.C. at the Museum of the Bible. We have got to see what the Lord has in mind. Mm -hmm. Well, um, unbeknownst to me, one of the people I invited brought 10 people, and I was like, no way, we're just an idea. Don't be bringing people in here, it's just an <laughs> idea. Well, out of those that he brought in um, came my producer, who is now is with TVN UK, who came, and I'd never met her before. She is now producing the entire program. Uh, a prayer partner who I dearly love, people I'd never met before. And we decided to meet at a ranch in East Texas, and we laid on the ground and prayed for two days and fasted and prayed and asked God what we should do. And we all came away believing there were a couple of us uh, that, a couple of them who felt this was not the call at the time, but they continued to pray for us and support us. And we began to move forward to She Loves Out Loud. I have to tell you, though, trying to sell this idea to a church when I had no idea what we were doing was really hard. <laughs> Someone would say to me, well, what are you going to do? It would take me 20 minutes to explain it, and still I didn't know because we had no uh, money. We had no sponsors at the time. We had no schedule. We just had this vision that we needed to bring women together to pray. And we began to say, we declare that it is not legislation that will change our nation, but it is prayer, earnest prayer, and that we need to bring women together because we are the heart of this nation. And so people started catching the vision. And then one day, James Robinson leaned over to Sheila Walsh and said, how about if I give you our studio and our staff? And she said, of course, Diane, what do you want to do? And I said, amen, yes, we are there. We yeah. went there for the first meeting, still not knowing what we were doing, and we came away with an entire production. Now, I have to tell you one more thing real quickly because I want people to know that when you don't have resources and you don't have uh, a plan, but you have only a call in your heart, that God's going to come through with you. If there's mm -hmm. a call, ours was an idea that became a call and then became a vision, and one of my friends defined it as a pure vision because no one was getting paid. We're not taking up any offerings except for our military wives. But as, as we went forward and we've gone through this, it's been like manna from heaven. I've literally opened my computer mm -hmm. and there would be that day what I needed, uh, an encouragement, someone to come alongside, 
And when we started, we had no platform at all. We didn't know how we were going to broadcast other than Facebook Live, and we were going to hope that it turned out. We are now on LifeWay Digital Pass. Mm -hmm. We are now on CBN Facebook with millions. We are on IHOP's page. They have a million. Uh, LifeWay has 2.6 million. We will be on Daystar's platform. Uh, God is now about to bring us around with stories of hope and transformation. Prayer for women who are looking for hope and healing in the millions. And so I cannot even, if you were to ask me how that happened, I really couldn't tell you except that he has done it. I love it. I love it. And I love just the picture of like big faith, you know, that and obedience with that, that like you had no clue, you know, and it's probably how you would be not coached to do something, you know, like you need a plan, you need a business action, you know, like of step by step and how you're going to do things. And so I love just the pureness of women getting together and praying and their faces on the ground asking God, what do you want to do? And you following through and such obedience in that. And I'm sure just a lot of trust, but maybe even some fear too of like, how is this oh going to happen? Goodness, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. yes. I, I had many fearful nights where I just would wake up and couldn't sleep. And my husband would just look at me and say, honey, did God call you to do this? I said, yes. He said, then he's got it. Oh. And he certainly has. I love that. Oh, and even just the picture of how you weren't alone. Um, I think that's another kind of big tucked away lesson in there and that um, you had others that were praying with you that uh, were uplifting the weary hands, you know, and maybe even those moments of doubt. And so I love yes. how just women coming together in community in a pure heart of wanting to see hope and healing in our nation and then just being able to step back and watch God do what he does in big things. So And you know my husband's always saying, you know, if you if you're called to to a vision that you can do by yourself, it's probably not of God because mm -hmm. he brings us together to do things together for his glory. And the That's women good. on my team, I can tell you, uh Donna Gaines I've known the longest. The rest of them I've just met. God put us together and he knitted in our heart this vision and it's just been amazing i love it i love it well where um when this airs we're just a couple weeks out of yes. she loves out loud so why don't you walk us through a little bit you have specific emphasis um that you are kind of walking through in your schedule so why don't mm -hmm. you tell us what those are and how did you guys come to kind of like banking on this is what we're going to pray for and picking those topics well that kind of happened at the ranch when we had that retreat for a couple days as we were praying through and we thought what are what is it the women are going through but please go to www.shelovesoutloud.org and understand that just to keep it simple we're saying just open the door gather the women to pray it's that simple it's a free live stream no special equipment is needed it doesn't have to be a huge event with a lot of publicity behind it just get out the word to your small groups or to to your women gather the women to pray that's the whole point of it mm -hmm. and especially in this first year as we were learning uh, what we were doing so the themes very quickly i know i'm taking a lot of your time so i'm going to go no, real quickly good. the themes are um, overcoming depression and anxiety which is sheila walsh uh, sheila has been through all sorts of mental health issues and her story in her book on it's okay to not be okay is just an amazing story claire colwell our abortion survivor is bringing her adoptive mom and we're really emphasizing life we're not going to talk about abortion we're talking about life mm -hmm. adoption foster uh, since we're in no judgment zone, we just want to talk about how to heal uh, and how we can come around women and how we can support you as you move forward in life. 
And we have our trafficking survivor who's going to talk about the healing of trauma and abuse, having to forgive her mother for letting her be trafficked and, and the drug abuse that was in her home. Uh, Carol Kent's going to share her story of Lay My Isaac Down when her son uh, is now in prison and what he's going through and what she went through when that happened. We have an exciting, I, 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 if you don't go to any of these, I hope that they'll hear this one and it, and it's or be on Lifeway Digital Pass is the couple of the LeBorns who are going to be talking about, their, their ministry is called Undone Redone, and he was, at the age of eight, saw pornography, grew up in a church, was a church planter, went to our Baptist schools, never told anyone what he saw. Satan so used that one viewing to destroy his heart, and he became addicted to pornography. And mm. they, through the marriage betrayals, they divorced. But as they were apart, God worked individually in each one of them and brought them back together. And they now are teaching and coaching marriages on healing and on how to be released from this addiction. And his story is that unless a man is unmasked, unless he publicly unmasks himself from this, uh, that he will never be free. And so that mm. is going to be just an exceptional story. Yeah. Claire's mom being there with her, who picked her up when she was three pounds in a little body cast where she had been torn apart in the womb. Uh, that's another amazing story. And every one of these themes is this true story of hope and this true story of healing through Christ and through God working in your life, the Holy Spirit living through you. The one, what we saw in this women's march is that I, I began to cry when the Me Too movement came out. I wept with these women. I said, they don't know what you and I know. They don't know that there's a Father who loves unconditionally, just as you are. They don't know there's a Savior who says, I will make all things new. And they don't know there's a Comforter who comforts the heart and fills the mouth with joy. And this is what we have got to share with women in a, in a setting where it's a no-judgment zone. We don't need you to tell us what you believe or what you think. We just need you to know we love you and yeah. we care about you, but we love you too much to let you stay in pain without knowing the power and the healing that's available to you in Christ. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Even just the, um, the little highlights of the stories that you are going to be sharing um, and the opportunities of the gospel to go out and the beauty of God's restoration and his redemption and, and so many stories. Um, it just gets me so excited. I want to know, though, because, I mean, you've been working on this for a while now, over a year. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to kind of hear, like, what have you seen God do already? Because I think this has completely changed the conversation among women. Um, and just like you said, you know, there's this polarizing, you know, defeated angry, those kind of things. And I think right as your movement was coming up and starting to really kind of circle social media and those kind of things, um, even just the tone was completely different. So I'm curious just from your seat um, and you getting just to kind of watch God do what he does, what have you already seen God do? Well, I think we've seen, I just wrote a, a piece called Rise Up and um, I literally got up in the morning a couple weeks ago and God said, rise up. And so I went to the my scriptures and I started searching for the words rise up. And I, I said, Lord, could there even be a place where it says rise up to women? And, and am I asking too much? And so as I searched, I found that Isaiah 32, 9 said exactly that. Rise up, you women who are at ease. You daughters who've been complacent. And so God really spoke to me about that, that we have kind of allowed ourselves to be like, oh, well, 
there are these angry women, but that's, you know, people have started using these phrases, they and them. And I, I really dislike that. It's like mm -hmm. they feel that way or them, it's what them are, are doing. And, and I think that as we look at how we've been complacent in just allowing the culture to dictate who gets the headlines, and I don't want headlines for me. I didn't even put myself on the poster until the sixth month because people kept telling me I needed to be. I never wanted to be famous or, or even be on a poster. What, you know, but to noise abroad the healing power of Jesus. You know, and so I think women are starting to wake up and realize, hey, I'm a Christian woman. I've been blessed. I have peace. I have joy. And I need to reach out. And we need to stop saying, uh, you know, well, are you gay? Do you want an abortion? Are you transgender? Just stop all that. Let's not even look at it. And let's just say, hi, my name's Diane. Is there anything I can do to pray for you? Can I serve you in any way? Can I love you? And so we actually have an initiative, and I'm going to challenge women to join with our initiative, is that on February 14th, Valentine's Day, we're asking women across America to take someone to lunch or brunch or coffee who thinks differently than you do and sit across the table and just listen. Say, hey, I just want to listen to your heart. Tell me how what you're thinking. And then you have now earned the right to share your heart. But I think, you know, when I was growing up in the Southern Baptist Convention, it was all about um, telling. And I, I still do share, and I still do tell. But we were always quick to knock on the door and tell. But we're in a culture now where we've got to start listening mm -hmm. and earning the right to tell. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And so I that's think really we're starting good. to see that, but it's not there enough yet. So we, I would say we've got to stop being complacent and letting the culture just kind of wash over us and saying, well, as long as we're hiding in our church and we're okay and we're with like-minded people, that's not going to bother us. But that's not the point. The point is that we are to love and serve them and through our prayers see hearts changed. Yes, so good. So good. I feel like you're kind of preaching a little bit, and I want to say, yes, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I'll try. So why don't you tell us? And yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit, um, especially for our listeners that maybe this is the first time that they've heard it, or they kind of saw something on social media, but they don't know how to get involved. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where do they go? How do they get signed up? Are there sure. ways that they can connect with other people? Maybe Absolutely. some that are already kind of happening in their area. Yes. Kind of give us some pointers there. Okay. So on our website, sheloveslouloud.org, there's actually an interactive map. We're already in 35 states. We're praying for the other 15. We're, we're all the way to Alaska, but we still need some more states that we're missing, mostly in the, in the Midwest. This morning, I had a lady call me from New York, Albany, New York. She said, I'm getting a bunch of churches together, and she just came on board, just heard about it. So it's not too late to gather the women to pray. Uh, in your area, in your community, in your church, in your small groups. And on our website, we have, if you're in the Dallas area, come and be in the audience with us. You can register for that. We'd love to have you. Mm -hmm. uh, if you um, and if you want to just check out the map and see if there's any place nearby that you can uh, join in. I know that Memphis has 40 churches, about 40 churches, and there's a bus coming from Arkansas. You might want to jump on that. <laughs> That's coming all the way from Arkansas to be a part of the Memphis, which I didn't even mention that, but that one is race relations, and yes. that one is like booming. What they're doing, they're going to lead all of us in a prayer of repentance um, across the nation, and so uh, we're just seeing that in an exciting way. 
so exciting. Man, I cannot, I wish it was closer. Like I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to watch God do what he does. Well, we will um, be on all kinds of platforms. So you can, anybody, anywhere can join us, but go to the page, click on join the movement and you'll get the information that you need. I love it. All right. We've got to kind of wrap up our time because we are running out. Um, sure. And I'm sure there's so many stories that you could share with us. Um, but I kind of want to speak just to your woman heart, your leadership heart, um, and especially to everybody that's listening. Um, they are women leaders. They are serving and in the trenches. They're like really having a lot of those conversations that you were talking about and mm -hmm. trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus and the listening ear to a broken planet. And so what would your encouragement be for young leaders, for um, seasoned leaders, for all of those that are listening? Um, what would kind of just be your leadership nugget of truth that you would like to pass on? Well, several things, but first of all, I would say know that life is full of seasons. And there were seasons where I was uh, not able to, physically not able to do a lot of things. Uh, and so life comes in seasons. So don't feel like if you're not right now in the middle of a great adventure that you never will be. So relax in knowing that he is sovereign. God is completely sovereign. And so he will bring, he, he leads you coming in and going out. And so I would say that to relax in that and to be in his will through prayer, Bible study, and fellowship. The second thing I think probably the most important thing in leadership is relationships, is making those relationships mm -hmm. that uh, when you have people, you can, I just, as I'm talking to you, I'm getting a text from a friend who says, I need prayer. And mm -hmm. she's sharing with me what's on her heart and what she's going through. You've got to have those people. Uh, you know, I had a, a military wife call me and she just was panicked over what was happening and her husband's on the other side of the world. She said, I just needed to tell somebody this. And, and of course, I'm going to stop everything I'm doing because I need to hear that for her. You know, that's mm -hmm. the ministry she needed at that moment. And then, of course, the way that I, I do it is I just said, all right, you told me, now get over it and let's move forward. <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, I would say that relationships are hugely important. Don't let virtual relationships take up all your time. Get some mm -hmm. genuine relationships. And then just trust God. He's going to use you. It may not, you know, I spent some, some of my years I spent thinking I needed to be like someone else in order to be in God's will or either or to be a leader. I had to copy what so-and-so was doing. I had to look like her, dress like her, or I had to uh, do the things she was doing, be noticed like she was. And fortunately, the Lord came into me and said, Diane, relax. Mm. Just be you and let me pour into you. And he's, he's certainly, my verse is, I sign every single letter, every single email, always expect amazing in your life. Mm -hmm. And Ephesians 3.20 has come to She Loves Out Loud in living color, mm -hmm. as we have watched God do beyond anything. I never even imagined that last night someone was going to tweet who has 69 million followers our article. I, w I wouldn't have imagined that. I was mm -hmm. speechless when it happened. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. I love that. Yes. And such a good example of just trust him and obey and move mm -hmm. forward and watch That's him right. go. So Relax. I think relax yeah. <laughs> you don't have to I, I'm smiling as you say that because I've had several mentors in my life say the same thing so I'm sure that's one of <laughs> especially the especially as leadership women yeah. um, that maybe everybody listening just needs to hear that take a deep breath 
relax and mm-hmm. trust God with That's what right. he's got for you. So I love that. And what a way to end the podcast today. So Diane, man, we are praying for you and we are Thank cheering you. you on and we are so excited to watch what God does um, in the, these next couple of weeks leading up to She Loves Out Loud. And then of course, on February 15th, as um, you guys host it. And so thank you so much for your time and sharing your story. And um, we can't wait to see what God does in the next few weeks with you. Thank you. Come along and join us. We're a sisterhood at She Loves Out Loud. Thanks so much for what you're doing and for having me. Oh, well, and I will make sure to put in the notes the link to the website to where you guys can check the schedule out to see the different emphasis that they'll be praying over um, and to hear the stories and the testimonies of how God has worked and moved in these women's lives. And so make sure that you check out that link and that you also check out the map to see how you can get involved on February 15th. And as always, thank you so much for spending some time at the table listening to other women share their stories of leadership in the SBC. And we can't wait to see you next week on another episode. Y'all have a great week. All right.